0: Treats Monday and Friday, 93.7 WEIFM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app.
1: This hour of the Rich Keith Show with Mark Dondero brought to you by Northeast Men's Health with the fourth location now in Woburn with office hours opening as soon as 7 a.m. Visit northeastmenshealth.com.
2: Now holla if you hear me though, it's the Rich Keefe show. Here we go! You're now rocking with the Rich Keith show on your radio. You to the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports, and he's also a hashtag dork, and the father of two sweet daughters. The leader of your squad for you evening marauders and night commuters. Tune in and sit tight. Six to ten, more like. Six to midnight, Al. The mic's hot on a night's watch crew. Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox, too. doing this is the Rich Keith Project. Now we've got podcasts and Twitch stream content. KWFE on WEEI. It's the Rich Keith Show. So here's your guy. guy.
3: All right, welcome into the Rich Keith Show. Rich is out. Mark Dandero in for Rich. Good evening. Celtics getting set to take on the Detroit Pistons. I I you know, <laughs> I'm almost more enticed to watch this game just to see the Pistons live and in you know, in action. How bad they've been. They historically bad 27 I mean 20 is it 27 straight losses? That's right. Tonight will be 28. You know, I thought that not that they were going to contend for anything, but I thought that they had some foundation You know, they had Cade Cunningham. They had the kid from Purdue. I forget his name, Ivy. Um, I didn't think I'd ever see them in a scenario where they'd lose 27 straight games. So I'm a little bit surprised, but obviously they're going to lose again tonight, I think. Um, (laughs) That'd be something. But never say never. I mean, the 2018 Boston Red Sox did get no hit by the Oakland A's, I think. So anything could happen. Um, but that would be a thing if this team ends up beating the Boston Celtics tonight. Um, So we'll see what happens. That game's about to tip in about an hour and a half. So a lot to get to. We only have an hour and a half or so. Um, As we kind of wrap up here, what to me is the most disappointing year in Boston sports since the year 2000, since the time the Patriot ledger came out with that headline with the artwork loserville this past year was the most disappointing since that year, since 2000. You know, I was going back a little bit further, but 99, the Red Sox, where they went to the playoffs, they had that dramatic win with Pedro Martinez. Uh, I think that was the Byron Defoe, Bruins years. Pete Carroll still somewhat had the Patriots relevant, sort of. They might have gone to the playoffs. It wasn't as bad in 99. 2000, it was the Red Sox who did finish with a winning record. They were in second place, didn't make the playoffs. Celtics sucked. Patriots sucked, 5-11. and You know, and the Bruins didn't make the playoffs either. It was a bad year. And it didn't look like it was trending upward. And we all know what happened. So that leaves me optimistic that things are going to turn around. And the Celtics obviously leave me optimistic. I feel great about the Celtics right now. But, you know, I know um, Andy and Mike were talking about what was the highlight of the year, what was the most disappointing thing of the year. I'll chime in on that. I thought that was a fun conversation. Easily for me, the most disappointing part of the season, or this last year, was the Boston Bruins. Okay? The Celtics were disappointing. The Celtics have something to say in terms of, I don't know about being the worst part of the year, but it was disappointing because they were so good and then went down 0-3 to a team they had more talent than. But those things happen. You know, those, as disappointing as that is, those things happen. They battle back. And they came up short. But what doesn't happen, and I know it's hockey and it's different, but a team that sets records in the regular season can't lose in the first round of the playoffs. Can't blow a 3-1 lead in the first round of the playoffs. Not a team that sets records in the regular season and have some talking about being the best, the team, the best team the league has ever seen. You can't blow a 3-1 lead in the first round of the playoffs and lose. That was easily the worst thing that happened in Boston sports. This past year. The best thing that happened. And I'm not sure the guys brought this up. I'm going to bring it up. And it's an easy answer to me. Trading Marcus Smart. And getting back. Chris Stapps Porzingis. And I know it wasn't the same deal. But Drew Holiday and Chris Stapps Porzingis. The Celtics acquiring those two men. Was the best thing that happened last year. We're going to play it forward. And it's going to be a situation. Where the Celtics behind those two guys, win a championship next year. This season, but, you know, into next year. That was the best thing to me that happened in 2023 or this last calendar year. Leaving and saying goodbye to Marcus Smart, moving on, and getting Drew Holiday and getting Chris Tapp's Porzingis. I love everything about what they've been bringing to the Celtics. We'll see if they can keep it going. Obviously, health is going to be a thing. I still think their end of game execution will have to be accounted for as they get to the playoffs. That's going to be one of the biggest things they're going to have to answer, if not the biggest. They're going to check all the other boxes, all the stats, you know, all the things defensively. Their stats, you know, say what we want them to say offensively. That goes without saying. They have the talent. I'll say they even have the coach. I've been impressed with Joe Missoula this year. They obviously have the front office, they have the, the roster depth. Bench, heart, they have um, mental toughness, they have the experience, they have it all. The question will be, down the stretch of the biggest games, can they execute or do they tighten up and specifically do their two best players tighten up at the free throw line from the field during the biggest moments of the biggest games? That's going to be their biggest question, but I do think those two guys that we got, that they got this past year, are going to be the reason that they're able to get over the top, and by association, Marcus Smart no longer being here, Derek White getting a few more minutes, getting more minutes, having a chance to show out is going to be the biggest reason why the Celtics are able to get over the hump and win a championship. When we look back on it, the biggest and best thing that happened this year is bringing in Drew Holiday and Chris Stapp's Porzingis. That was the best thing that happened. Um. Okay. Yeah, I don't expect the Pistons to put up uh you know, I think it's going to be a thing where if it if it goes south early, they'll probably roll over. I did take the over in this game. Um you know, I moved the the line, I moved the number down a little bit. Um so I'm feel, I'm a little bit apprehensive about that pick, but I just it's fun to take the over. I enjoy watching the 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 meter go up and I I like watching the baskets go in knowing each one that drops puts me closer to winning the bet. What's it like, 233? It was 230. I took it at 221 because oh. I moved it way down. Wow. But I'm saying, yeah, it was like 231. I think it was 231. It might have moved a little bit. I moved it way down. It's a 14 parlay. I just had some fun. Yeah. Um, you know, but this is, it's not a measuring stick game for the Celtics, but don't come out there and, and you know, look stupid against a team that's lost 27 straight games. I just think, you know, they've done they're going to have all the boxes checked like I just said. They're going to win big games in the regular season. They're going to come up, you know, all the all the tests that they have to pass, they're going to pass. It's going to come down to what are they going to do in the playoffs? And I just, you know, as of now, this team is awesome to watch. They do everything well. There's really nothing bad or negative I can say, and I'm not going to. The thing that's negative um is in a different part of town. And if you want to talk about the biggest disappointment or what's most disappointing about what's gone on in this last year, and it extends beyond this last year. But I, I just, you know, the Boston Red Sox just continue to disappoint me and to leave me in a place that I never thought I'd find myself in. I never thought that this team would be in a position to be as, I don't know, irrelevant feeling as they are. And there's a very specific thing that they're doing that is really the worst part about the whole scenario. I mean, we're not even talking about not being able to win. I miss that. You know what I mean? I miss that. I wish, at worst, at worst, they should be the Dodgers. That's what they should be. And I'm not saying go out and sign Otani and sign Yamamoto and do all these crazy things in terms of opening the checkbook Um, to unprecedented levels. I'm not even talking about that. But they should be able to do enough where they're in contention every year. And the biggest, the worst thing that they aren't going to do or the worst criticism that we put on them is they can't win. That they can't win. That should be the worst criticism that we put on the Boston Red Sox, but it's not. And that's what's so frustrating about the organization right now. I understand you can't always win. I never thought I'd take this whole thing for granted. You know? Yeah, we saw a bunch of championships over the last 20-plus years, but we always saw teams that were in a position to try to win. They didn't always win, but that's what we would talk about. Why didn't this team win? Why did they fall short? What tripped them up ultimately? What was their downfall? Those conversations we're not even able to have right now. I mean, we can have them, but then we go to another thing that's even worse. That's, what's the wor- that's the worst part about the Boston Red Sox right now. It's not even about not winning. I mean, I can live with not winning. You know, maybe all those years when the curse was still in effect, we just didn't realize how much money they were, you know, where baseball was going and they could spend all this money and be a big time, big market team and act like it. And then once they started doing it, I never thought they'd stop. You know, because now what we're doing is we're, do- we're going back to a time where, you know, not only are they not winning, but now it comes off as not even trying to win based on what they used to do. I mean, before it was bad enough when they just weren't winning. Now they're not winning and not even, or at least perceivably, not even trying to win. It's worse now. But that's not the worst thing that they're doing. All right? When we get back, I'm going to tell you the worst thing, the worst sin committed by the Boston Red Sox, that's really, you know, if they continue to go down this road, it's going to become unforgivable because it you know it's extends beyond just baseball and transcends the actual game on the field. Let's get it trending. It's the Rich Keefe Show. Mark Dundaro in for Rich here on WEEI.
0: Remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just-
1: well, I'm sorry. That absolutely was not the uh, thing to play, Mark. That's okay. I, I apologize. Wow, I have to get back into the swing of things. All right, let's try that again.
0: Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
1: Trending now on weei and WEI.com, brought to you by FindMassMoney.com. In just about an hour and a half, Celtics returning home to take on the Pistons, who just set an NBA record on Tuesday with their 27th consecutive loss. Jalen Brown uh, has been ruled out of tonight's game with the lower back contusion that he suffered against the Lakers. Jason Tatum is available. He was questionable with the left ankle sprain. Again, tip-off set for 7.30. Bruins snapped their four-game losing streak last night with a 4-1 win in Buffalo over the Sabres. Charlie Charlie Coyle scored twice, three of the four goals for the Bruins coming on the power play. Bruins' next game will be at home Saturday night against the Devils. Patriots getting ready to head to Buffalo for their game Sunday 1 o'clock against the Bills. They had practice today. A few players did not participate. Those players were Trent Brown, Kayshawn Booty, which was a non-injury-related personal, uh, running back Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Mills, Jabril Peppers, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Other players on limited participation, Christian Barmore, Jawan Bentley, Miles Bryant, Hunter Henry, Anthony Jennings, Jonathan Jones, Matthew Slater, and Sean Wade. Yesterday, the team did place running back Ramondre Stevenson on injured reserve with a high ankle sprain, thus ending his season. To make up for that, the team signed cornerback Marco Wilson. In related Patriots news, former Patriot Rodney Harrison is one of 15 finalists named for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Among the finalists with Harrison are first-time nominees Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates. And congratulations to Curtis's BC Eagles, Boston College ended their season in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl with a 23 to 14 win over the 24th ranked SMU. BC now finishes 7 and 6 overall on the year. Their first time over 500 since 2020 and their first bowl win since 2016. So congratulations to everybody over there at BC. Want to get in on the nice list this holiday season? Help your friends, family, and businesses by helping them find mass money at findmassmoney.gov. Takes less than 30 seconds, and if you haven't checked in a few months, go now and look. They're constantly updating the list, findmassmoney.gov. It's fast, it's easy, it's free. I'm Stiz, that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More of it's Keith Show with Mark Dondero filling in, coming up.
0: You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A U D A C Y. Save W E I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keith Show on W E I.
3: All right, back here on the Rich Keith Show. Mark Dondero in for Rich, getting you set for Thursday night football tonight. It's the Browns and the Jets. Um, Browns 10-5. Yeah, how the hell are they 10-5? They somehow found a way to get to 10-5. You have Joe Flacco going up against the Jets. The Jets probably should have re-signed Joe Flacco after the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. They didn't call him. As a result, they ended up in mediocrity this year. And while doing so, still enjoyed an absolute quarterback disaster. Um the Celtics getting set for the Pistons tonight at home. Pistons suck. Uh, Let's talk to Brandon in Boston who wants to, I don't know, offer a cautionary tale to the Celtics, I guess. Hey, Brandon.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my phone call. So, you know, this is a game that I can see the Celtics losing because they're probably going to walk into this game thinking they have it wrapped in a bag. And they don't understand that this Pistons team is hungry. They're well-balanced, and their main ingredient is attacking that basket. And they're pretty good from the three as well. Um, You know, they let Cunningham go wild. So, you know, I think that the Celtics can't be one dimensional. We know what that means because all they do is shoot threes. And if they get caught up in that game, the Pistons can walk away with this win. And I, I, feel, I don't feel too good about this game. I think the Pistons is going to pull it off. You're going to see Cunningham go wild, Thompson, Bogdanovich, um, Ivy. I think they're going to go crazy in this game. And, you know, then. Hello? No, I'm, just, I'm listening, Brandon. I'm li- okay. Yeah, so I, I think um, if, if, if they don't play their cards right and, and switch it up as far as, you know, taking mid-range shots, attacking a basket, if you have an open three, take it. If they get caught up in the game, I'm going to just chuck threes. Yep. They're going to lose this game, and that, that's going to separate them from being champions because you have to be able to, to uh, switch your game up. And if they don't do that, they, I can't believe this team, they're not believable, you know, to say they're going to win a championship.
1: All right, thanks for the call. Is he crazy? I, they just lost 27 I, games in a row, and I, now you're su- super confident that they're, <laughs> they're going to beat the Celtics? Give me a break. I'm all for being, you know, you got to you
3: keep a level head and, you know, look at the bigger picture. We love but, Brandon. He always calls how, him. But Brandon's a good call. But I'm just wondering how you could come here to the air and express confidence that the 27 straight loss Detroit Pistons are going to come in and be one of the best teams the NBA right now has ever
1: seen. Yeah, tonight's I mean, the night for Detroit.
3: We're talking about – and I'll admit, when you look at their, their, their line, their roster, it doesn't say 27 straight losses to me. You know what I mean? I mean, Cade Cunningham obviously could play. He was a top pick. You've got Marvin Bagley. I don't know who's in and out. I mean, Bogdanovich, Burks, um, J- Jaden Ivey was a was a top pick. Joe Harris played for the Nets for a long time. Uh, made a launch. he makes shots – but to say that they're going to come in, and if the Celtics have a little misstep, they're going to be on the losing end of the game tonight? I
1: do what Yeah, and they've had some close losses, but I'm looking at their schedule—a lot of losses over by 20 or more.
3: I don't even care more. if they've been close. When you find a way to get to 27 straight, that's a special level of losership. So, like, I, they have a knack for, for losing and sucking and coming up small and short. So— Credit to Brandon that he was able to find a way to come to a place where he could talk himself into the the Pistons. And, hey, maybe, you know, a guy gets hot. What he said theoretically could happen. I'm not saying it's impossible. But to come on here with conviction and predict that, wow, that was something else. Um, I don't even remember what I was going to get to now. I'm taking. I mean, I'm going to pick the Celtics to win. I wouldn't bet the line. I wouldn't bet the you know the the spread was at 17. That's just too big for me. But they've been actually the Celtics when they've had big spreads, they've usually covered this year. They've been good in that spot. So no, I don't think that the Pistons, even though it was a close game with the Nets the other night and Cunningham went off, I, I'm not I'm not betting that the Pistons are going to come in here. Um. And win. (laughs) No. Can't go there. Um, I want to watch the game, though. What I wanted to say about the Boston Red Sox and what I teased is something that's really, really worse than not finding a way to win a World Series or being cursed because you traded Bambino away or whatever it was. Um, What was unique about the Red Sox? and what they've I don't know if I should say they've lost or they've lo, they're losing or they've lost. This was a unique market for baseball. And the Boston Red Sox, you know everything Sam Kennedy said when they hired or before they hired Craig Breslow isn't the truth anymore. And I'm going to pull that quote up right now, okay? Because it's not the truth anymore. And this is the worst part about what's happened to the Red Sox. We can deal with the lack of winning. You know what the Celtics are doing? Even what the Bruins are doing? The Bruins, should they have gone out and been more aggressive You know during the Tuka Rask era to maybe get another weapon, to put them over the top, to get that core, another championship? Yes. But they, for the most part, tried. And they were you know the team that they've always been. They operated in the way they'd always operated. This change that we're witnessing from the Boston Red Sox is the worst thing. And this is what Sam Kennedy said when they were about to hire a new general manager after they had fired high and bloom quote, this is the Boston Red Sox. If you want to run a baseball organization, this is where you want to be. You want to be in Boston. Why? Because it matters here more than anywhere else. If you're not up for that challenge, thanks, but no, thanks. This is a lie. And he didn't obviously say, Kennedy didn't mean to lie to everybody. But this just simply isn't what the Red Sox are anymore. And that's not an opinion. Based on what we've seen and what we've seen other teams do, they don't do this anymore. If you want to run a baseball organization, this is where you want to be. Why? Because it matters more here than anywhere else? That is not the message that the actions of the Boston Red Sox have been giving off for the last few years. I'm sorry. Those are the facts. The whole it matters more here thing doesn't apply. Not anymore. It it used to matter more to the fans. Okay, and I thought that what happened was the ownership group led by John Henry, I've always been a guy that gave John Henry credit, by the way. Henry was the one constant in that ownership group. He had different managers, different general managers, different star players. Henry was the constant. Okay? This isn't what what I saw was the fans pining and salivating for a championship to get over the hump, to defeat the the demons of Yankee Stadium or whatever, the the curse, and finally win a championship. And the ownership group bought into that mentality, embraced it, and delivered. Now what do I see? I see the fans in the same light trying to will this team to where they want them to go, to becoming a champion, to becoming relevant again, but the ownership group taking another approach. That's what I see. So this whole thing, it matters more here than anywhere else. Well, it did. And the Boston Red Sox, to me, are zapping all of that energy completely out of this entire fan base. Because if it still matters more here, it's not going to very shortly. All those people that it mattered to, it's not going to matter as much anymore. That's the most disappointing part of the Boston Red Sox. All those free agents, all those people that wanted to come to Boston, to play in Boston, to be in Boston, because other stadiums in Major League Baseball, they don't fill up. Those fans don't care as much. Even the freaking Dodgers, those fans don't care as much as in Boston. You know, if you play Major League Baseball, once upon a time, Sam Kennedy was right. It was probably New York with the Yankees in Boston. And, you know, th- throw. St. Louis in there, throw Chicago maybe with the Cubs for a minute. This team, this city, these fans cared more than any others in America. And if you play, that means something. That was one of the best qualities about the Red Sox. You want to talk about being a free agent destination? The Celtics aren't really that. It's never been an NBA city. It's never been an NBA destination, Boston, despite how good the Celtics have been. Boston has always been a baseball destination. It's always been a marquee spot. At least recently, the last 25 years. And now, they're taking that away. And all those fans that it meant more to, they're leaving you. They're going away. They're becoming less and less interested. And that's the worst thing that's happened to the Boston Red Sox. The fact that they got to that place and all of that goodwill, all of that energy, all of that passion is getting stripped away. People aren't even interested. The team isn't even making a move. They're just on the sidelines. Maybe they'll win. Maybe they won't. They're raising ticket prices, but I don't know if they're going to win or not. They're not aggressive. If that affects the fan base the way it looks like it's affecting the fan base, that's why you're going to have a bunch of uh, fans from the other cities occupying Fenway Park. And guess what? That's not the energy that for the last 25 years has been the calling card of this city and whatever Sam Kennedy was talking about. Because it matters here more than anywhere else. When there's a bunch of Orioles fans in Fenway Park, that really exemplifies how much it matters here. It's a shame it got to this point, and that's the worst thing that's happened to the Boston Red Sox. We can deal with not winning. I can't deal with what this has become. Let's talk to Josh in Providence on the Red Sox. Hey, Josh.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm calling just to, to say I feel like this all took a turn when the ownership group started to you know invest in all other things like soccer teams, hockey teams, whatever, as now it just becomes like a a part of their portfolio with it. And so I feel like they just haven't cared the same about like actually winning. And it's just bottom line trying to to cut costs and make the most money.
3: All right. Thanks for the call, Josh. Obviously that's a good point. I mean, I'm not against the guy being diversified, but it's just not, they're not acting. And I don't know. We've never heard this. Craig Breslow said the same thing as high and bloom. There are no financial restrictions, but those are words. I need actions. Okay? It felt like he was just throwing the, the the fan base a bone when they re-signed Rafael Devers. Maybe it is all these other things that he's in. He's got his fingers in all these other pots and all this going on and all the other investments. Maybe that is the reason. But just based on what I'm watching, the inactivity, the malaise, and the lack of production on the field... I just never thought it would get to this. If you can swing, if you swing and miss, fine. I can live with that. We'll, we'll rip, you know, the players. We'll rip the manager. We'll talk about the decisions or the bad five-game series or, you know, not five-game series, a five-game stretch or a series that really was the turning point of the season. I want to have those conversations. The conversation of you used to care more. You embrace the fans' energy which helped lift you to the heights that you never thought you'd see, only to just revert back to what I don't know, not even what you were, but worse than what you were before you ever won. That's what I can't tolerate. Tim in Hanover wants to chime in. Hey Tim.
4: Mark, thanks for taking the call. Hey, I you know what I said uh before all this uh bidding war with these two other pitches. I said it was all smoke and mirrors, man. It's been like that for the last three years, basically, two to three years. And I'll tell you what, they weren't making moves, and you're 100% right, man. What, what It is Henry. That's where it's all stemming from. And I'll tell you what, he's poisoning the rest of his group, and he's making them look bad. And if he, if it comes down to that, if they don't want to spend, then keep doing what you're doing. And I hope the fans boycott them all. And then next thing, they don't have no one showing up to watch these guys. They get more people in Pawtucket, then they ain't going to dig it. And I'll tell you one more thing. That's where Belichick's coming back. Robert Kraft and Belichick, no one knows what they really said and, and what they're doing. But let me tell you, that's where they made their mistake, and they probably gelled in one of their meetings saying, and that's where they made that we reboot with uh, Belichick coming back on his contract. Well, let me tell you, they didn't spend, and now they both probably realize and said, "Hey, we screwed up," and they don't want to be the way the Red Sox are going. You have a good night. Bro. All right, thanks you have for the
3: call, Tim. Uh, yeah, the Patriots. You could talk. I used to talk when Tom Brady was here. They should have been getting involved in some of the different free agents and getting all in to help Brady get one more or load up so Brady could win one more or when they need a defensive help, load up because you had Brady on offense, whatever it is. But, you know, the, the example is right in front of us. It's not hard to see, uh, and which is a bad thing for the Red Sox especially, but also the Patriots, because what the Boston Celtics are doing, that's exactly what every organization in this city should be doing. If you want to take the Bruins out of it, fine. Take them out of it. I don't care. The Red Sox and the Patriots should be following what the Celtics are doing. What Wick Grosbeck is committed to is exactly what we all want to see. We want to see the commitment to spending, to getting that next player, to being aggressive, to doing whatever it takes to win. That's what we want to see. We can deal with the losses. Sort of. We can deal with it. That happens. That's sports. But when you get to a point where you're not trying, we watched for 20 years these teams win championships, so we're all going to be a little bit more ornery about this. But when you can't get to a point, I mean, again, it's right there. We've heard his comments. I think it was on the Greg Hill Show. We've heard, we've seen what he's done. We've watched Brad Stevens execute the game plan and the vision. Now, maybe the Celtics never win, but you cannot say they aren't trying. They are doing everything they can to get that banner. They keep talking about banner 18. They are doing everything they can. Their money is where their mouth is, and they are acting like they want to do whatever they can. This isn't Sam Kennedy coming out with it matters more. You know what it looks like it matters more to? Celtics ownership and Brad Stevens. It matters more here than anywhere else. That's why I need it to matter. In the ownership box or in the ownership suite. In the Celtics building, that's where it matters. I haven't seen that from some of the other teams. Uh, let's talk to Ray in Revere. Hey, Ray.
4: Hey, hey listen, I, I think you're 100% right. It starts with the owner. And I think it's um, understating it to say he's got a portfolio of investments. He's using the Red Sox cash flow, and he's investing it elsewhere. The the, the um, His investment that he's looking at right now is the PGA Tour, and he's going to invest billions there. The Red Sox valuation, which is north of $5 billion, is generated upon cash flows of an excess of $500 million. He could spend 2x on the payroll and still make a profit. He just chooses not to because he's investing the Red Sox profits elsewhere, and he should sell if he's doing that. Thank
3: here, you. here. Um, I don't know why. Thanks for the call, Ray. I don't know why you'd invest now in the PGA Tour. Maybe there's things that I don't know about, but the Saudis, if, it feels like they're taking over golf and with the whole thing and live golf. It feels like the, the PGA Tour is a, a shaky investment. But you're right. The whole diversification thing, and if he is using the Red Sox to help fund some of these other interests, obviously we're not on board with that. We care about the team winning. And that's what endeared everybody to them, even when they weren't winning. We felt like they were trying to do whatever they could do to win. And then obviously it finally culminated in winning a championship and doing what you had to do. And the Red Sox finally figured out what they had to do. To turn a blind eye to that now is intolerable and that's my problem all right we'll, we'll get back to some of the calls uh dan joey see you uh, i have to make another point on the patriots that's coming up also uh jalen milrow alabama quarterback commenting on uh some advice i guess that he got from bill o'brien we'll get into that as well it's the rich keith show here mark dundaro in for rich on Weei.
0: You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI.
3: All right, back here on the Rich Key Show. Mark Dondaro in for Rich. WEI 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Just feels like with Grossbeck and the Celtics, their number one priority is winning that damn banner. Winning the 18th championship. Does it feel like John Henry's number one priority is the Boston Red Sox? It just doesn't feel that way. And actions speak louder than words. And the actions feel like it backs that up. So we're all pissed. It's very simple. It's very simple. Let's talk to Dan in Rhode Island. Hey, Dan. Hey. Hey, Dan. So I pressed the so I press the number,
5: and it keeps ringing, right? Okay. And I'm going to say, oh, crap, I dialed the Saturday phone number by mistake. I just heard your voice. That. I <laughs> went to my contact. <laughs> say hi to Benny, even though he's not there. Yeah, I will. Uh, listen, I'll try to capitalize this real quick. And this is... I want to say that this is in the real infancy stages, but this is more about the economics of sports, not just baseball, everything. You mentioned golf. That's a part of it. Uh, I read an article with the other day, I think it was in Forbes, or something, how basically Mark Cuban did this too. There, there are billionaires who have a ton of money, right? Okay. And then there's another level of people like the Saudis who have hundreds of billions of dollars. Or like the Waltons who own the Broncos. The point was is that the 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 Red Sox just can't compete with some of these teams anymore monetarily. The Coens, they they like there is a limit on what John Henry can spend. There just is. Even if he just owned the Red Sox, he's not gonna throw around a billion dollars on two free agents. You know? Mm-hmm. Nobody can do that. And that's the the point of the article was more or less is that as time goes on, a lot of, especially in the NFL, that's where a lot of it was, like the Wellingtons, I mean, not the, the Maras, the Roonies, and the Crafts were mentioned. Talking like 10, 20 years from now, like they're kids. I, we think Jonathan will stick around, but these franchises are going to be worth like, you know, $10 billion. And some of these entities with people who have just, you know, hundreds of billion dollars are going to start gobbling them up. And I think what's going to happen is it's going to make such a disp- – it, it's already disproportionate now. And the economics of baseball – I mean, when you can put a billion dollars on two players, what else do you need to know? You know what I'm saying? It's sure. just like they can pay – there is no – they can pay a luxury tax. That doesn't matter. You know, if there's no hard cap, they can spend $2 billion if they want. It's just – it's all stupid money to them. So the game is so screwed up in that instance, like – I, feel, I, I I don't blame John Henry. I might be the only guy on the planet. Do I think he should be spending more money? Yeah. But I think that it's just going to get to a point where they can't compete
3: anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's All right. Just, that's it. I'll talk to you on Saturday. All right, thanks, Danny. Listen, I, I, don't, I mean, that's an interesting take. I'll blame John Henry because I just think there's a malaise that it, it goes beyond just the fact that they're not spending what the Dodgers are spending. Okay. He's not available for comment. He's got all these other interests. Um, you know, some of the moves they've made are just unacceptable. Okay, for example, Corey Kluber. I mean, that, that we could tell you the second that move was made, that was a loser move to make. It was cheap, and it was not going to happen. It was not going to work. Okay, why aren't you? If you, if that's the problem, then find somebody that's able to get some young pitching into the organization or is able to get the guys from the farm system to Fenway Park that allows them to produce and and they hit their actual players I, that's all we're looking for here because again remember you know we don't want to lose sight of this the best the the most expensive teams don't always win i mean Think about some of the teams that have been in the World Series, that have won the World Series. It's not always the team that is spending the most money. The Rays are in the playoffs every year. They don't have anything to spend. So winning it all goes beyond just spending. But the Red Sox do have more money to spend. And when they do, you know, find themselves in a position to, fi- to need something, they should be more aggressive outwardly to going to get it. And that's what we're not seeing, and maybe more importantly, that's what we're not feeling. None of us are
1: feeling that. Yes, Steve. And just to keep in perspective, Red Sox brought in $513 million in revenue last season. I haven't crunched the numbers, so I don't know if they can't spend with
3: some of these other teams. I find that a little bit hard to believe. Um, but again, even with the Yamamoto thing, it didn't even feel like they were real. It didn't even feel like they were actually in the conversation. That's... You know, Joe Schmo trying to get a date with Scarlett Johansson. That's what it felt yeah, like. It they just were never wasn't. In that. It, you're not, you don't even have a chance. So it, it they never should have allowed it to get to this point. And whatever they're doing isn't working because the vibe the fans are catching are making a lot of, you know, it's making, it's turning a lot off a lot of people. And it's making a lot of people feel like whatever was the case, Sam Kennedy, it meant more to everybody here. It doesn't feel like that's the case anymore. At least it's trending that way. Let's talk to uh, Joe and Randolph on the Pats. Hey, Joe.
6: Yeah, howdy, Mark. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I guess I'm kind of in agony over the Pats and the Jets game Sunday uh, because if the Pats win, well, they're going to drop in draft choices. If they lose, then they get the opportunity to get a top-notch quarterback. But with this lousy offense that they have, I'm afraid it's going to be Mac Jones all over again, and they're going to destroy the new quarterback that they get. So I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm in a real quandary over whether it's a route for the Pats to win or to lose on Sunday. And then I guess my final question will be, why can't we get Josh McDaniels back to quarterback, to uh coach the offense because I'm not really impressed with Bill O'Brien. It seems like every time we've got 3rd and long, he throws a 1-yard or a screen pass that goes for absolutely no gain. So I don't know, what are your thoughts, Mark?
3: All right, thanks for the call, Joe. I'll tell you what to do. Root for them to lose. They need to lose. If they lose a grip on one of the top quarterbacks in the league or in this upcoming draft, that's going to be one of the worst things that's happened this year, and a lot of bad stuff for the Boston sports team uh, teams has happened this year. You can't lose your place in line for one of the top quarterbacks. So I have a lot of confidence they're going to lose to Buffalo. That's the game this weekend. I don't have as much confidence that they're going to lose to the Jets. I think they're going to beat the Jets. I think there's a good chance that could be Bill Belichick's last game. I think they're going to find a way to play well because the Jets always lose. To the Patriots, and I think the Patriots are gonna find a way to win that game and find a way out of the top five picks in the NFL draft, which would be an unmitigated disaster. I just saw Mike Cadlick tweet You are not a bad fan if you root for the Patriots to lose. This is the problem. We have to separate. Usually you're aligned with the with the team, with the with the coach, with the players, usually the fans and the coach, they all want the same thing. Now, no. That's not the case anymore. The fans and the coach and the players need to want different things. The players and the coach, they need to want to win. They're playing. It's their job. You know, they need to want to continue to execute and win. The fans, this is a Patriots fan. You need to be a fan of the team more than a fan of Bill Belichick or the quarterback or the guy that's been the you know on the roster for 10 years. You're a fan of the team. The best thing for the team is that they lose they need to lose they i mean now you're talking about jaden daniels who i'm like intrigued by but i'd like to have my pick of the litter and you're you know the commanders who are now ahead of you in the draft they're the third pick right now they play the 49ers and the cowboys to end things are they going are they going to win any of those games either of those games now maybe they just switched their quarterback i forget who's in now but oh jacoby Brissett is now playing Hooray. Is Jacoby Brissett going to go beat the, the, the 49ers? I, I, you know, you got to lose. They've got to find a way to lose this game.
1: Even if you got top three, though, who's making the pick? Who's making the pick? Oh boy, Bill Belichick. <laughs> Are you a bad fan for rooting
3: for them to lose? The answer is no. If you disagree with me, 617 779 7, I'm rooting for them to lose because that's the best way that they could get back to relevance. That's the reality. If you don't like that, fine. Um, when we get back, I want to just touch on, speaking of Bill O'Brien and the Patriots offense coordinator, there was a thing that came out with his former player, quarterback, Jalen Milrow. I want to touch on that. Also, uh, something else this is bothering me. Udonis Haslam's done a lot of talking, Miami Heat. Um, he mentioned something about the Heat culture. If we have time, I'd like to jump on that, if we have time. This is the Rich Keep Show. Mark Dondaro in for Rich on WEI.